Welcome to the Drink It Through podcast, proudly brought to you by our friends at Dare Ice Coffee. Normally a Welcome to episode seven of the Drink It Through podcast, brought to you by Dare Ice Coffee. My name is Claire White. I am once again joined by Simon Lethleen. Simon, welcome to the show. G'day, Claire. How are you going? Very well. How are you feeling after St Kilda's night of nights on Wednesday? Yeah, good. It was a nice uh, event, actually. I think the staff here that put on did a great job and um, some pretty good results. The top three was the way it should have been and uh, Gresh was there yeah, fourth, which was a a good effort by all. So, no, it was a good night. We had good, good fun. Your first Trevor Barker Award? was. Yes, my first. Yeah. How does it stack up in the sort of ranks of BNFs? You've been to a few in your time, I would imagine. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was very well run, I thought, as far as uh, the season we've had. The room was in pretty good spirits and um, those that came along, the fans and members, I think, had a good time and it was good support for coaches and players alike and a good um, series of recognitions, I reckon, for Peter Summers, you know, Tony Elshaw, uh, Andrew Thompson, um, all people have done 10, 12 years of great service for the club. So it was nice to recognise those people appropriately as well as some outgoing players like, you know, Sam Gilbert and Kobe Stevens, some guys I've got to know really well in a short period of time. So it was a, a fitting tribute to some good people from the club. You touched on the top three. I thought we might go through that top three and sort of just summarise the season from those boys. Third place, Jack Steele, stormed home in the second half of the season after sort of getting a new role in the team. Can you summarise Steely's, especially the second half of the season for us? Yeah, yeah I think um, Jack, I think from about round 13, had a different role to play post the, um, well, just the week before the bye. I think his first assignment was probably Andrew Swallow, David Swallow from Gold Coast. Um, and it just really suited him. I think you know, Ben Jacobs is the player that's recognised as the best run with player in the competition, I think, and how important he's been to North Melbourne and, uh, I think Jack really replicated that for St Kilda. He took the best player at the club we were playing every week, did a great job and found the ball himself. So it's a pretty unique skill set to be able to do that. Um, it suited him. He enjoyed it and he was just about our best player every week almost for the last half of the year. So no, he was in, in uh, good spirits doing that role and um, going forward hopefully he can keep doing it. And also won the Lenny Hayes Player Trademark Award, obviously – um, the role that he's playing is sort of permeating through, I guess, what he's known for now at the club. Yeah, I think it's it's certainly at least the second time he's won that award. And I think last year, I'm, I'm guessing a bit, I think he's in the top three or four in the competition for pressure, uh, pressure acts. So it's certainly a part of his game that obviously comes pretty naturally uh, and he's the best we've got at it. So um, he did it again and won that award pretty easily, I think. Yeah, good effort. Second place to Seb Ross, last year's winner, Obviously, still an extremely important player for us. Yeah, Seb's, um, you know, had a maybe a maybe a slower patch early, and in the and sort of in the first half a bit slower than the last half. He certainly came home again a bit like Jack Steele, um, with a bigger last half than the first, I reckon. But yeah, he's certainly one of our fittest, most athletic, hard-running midfielders, and they're really important. Um, and he and he had a solid season. I think it was pretty close. Um, I reckon Jack's big last game probably sorted out the result. Uh, it's how close it was, I think, yeah. Yeah, Sebi really stormed home in that second half of the season. You touched on Jack, Stephen, uh, four-time winner now uh, with the likes of Robert Harvey and Bill Cubbins. How do you even describe sort of 
the player that is Jack Stephen. Yeah, it's pretty impressive to have that sort of resume now at his age. Um, you know, that puts him in pretty rare company um, and it gives him a chance to, you know, even uh, put some more in there across the next two or three years or, you know, five years if he if he keeps himself fit. So, yeah, look, you know, you win best and fairest at any level, you've, you're, uh, you've had a big impact and to do it at an AFL club four times is huge. So let's not uh, downplay that. It's a massive effort. He's a culturally significant person at the club now and for our fans, everyone loves Jack. Um, and his output again this year was uh, extremely solid. So he should be congratulated and he had a good night and he had a big smile on his face and um, looking forward to him bringing that energy back in the middle of November when they all come back. He did. The mullet was glistening. It was it was very impressive. Yeah, no, he's looking good at the moment, Jack. The hair and the moustache really working for him. So uh, <laughs> he'll be quite content across the break down at Lawn. Um, content with a good personal year but not content with where we ended up. So... Um, Hopefully he's fired up to, to come back and train hard. We will just touch on that. So it's, it's been um, spoken about publicly, the conversation you guys had in Jack's exit interview, as well as interest potentially from the Cats. Jack has confirmed he'll be here next year pretty categorically a number of times. Um, did you just want to touch on that as well? Yeah, only insofar as, you know, we've spoken to Jack all the way across the year and he's always confirmed that he's content where he is and that um, he's not content where we're at though and wants us to know how we're going to get better and how he can help. So it was a it was a pretty mature discussion in his exit interview. He was well prepared to have the conversation he wanted to have. So um, that's to be encouraged, I reckon. We're, we're after a football program environment that challenges to improve all the time. So I thought he asked really mature questions that a four-time best and fairest winner should be asking about where we're at how we're going to get better, where do I and Richo see the club at the moment, where's it going? So it was good and I think we answered the questions such that he left content but, um, you know, he's a lawn boy and if if Geelong aren't checking in in some respect through his management or through him, they're not doing their job. So we haven't delved into much about that other than just to ask Jack how he's going and he seems to be fine. On that, there's obviously been rumours about other ones of our players like Paddy and Jack Billings and stuff. Is that a matter of we live in an environment where there's 24-hour news and it's that time of the year and that's just naturally going to happen, talk like that? I think so. I think, um, yeah, I mean the the discussions about trade rumours is pretty rife for 18 clubs and, you know, that's the world we live in. I'm okay with that. Um You'd expect everyone to inquire about those players because they're our better ones and our younger ones. Uh, and we finished 16th, so there's there would be a mentality from the media that our players are um, might be more susceptible than others. So, no, nah, it's just part of the competition and industry we're in and we just need to make sure our environment's suitable for our players to want to stay. And for those players you've mentioned, I think they've all confirmed that um, pretty categorically, so it's not us talking about them listening to the Drink It Through podcast brought to you by Dare Ice Coffee, one player who has been linked extremely strong to us to the point where he has told, said publicly that his management are exclusively dealing with us is Dan Hanabry. Firstly, before we get on to specifics, why is a player like Dan with his experience, why is he someone we would be looking at bringing here? Yeah, Dan, um, I think, and ourselves and Sydney have had conversations now about trying to get that trade to uh, to work. There's some work to be done there because um, he's a contracted player. So 
Uh, we'll now negotiate with the Swans on that. Um, yeah, Dan's a 27-year-old. I know lots of the media like to try and say he's 28. He's 27. As a be... fellow 27-year-old, let's yeah, just clarify. There we go. Born in the same year. There he is go. 27. He'll, he'll be 28 which is next a totally year. fine age. Yep. Yeah, but um, he's currently 27. He's played 200 games because he's pretty durable and he's he's a, a kid that started in his first season and hasn't stopped since. Um, there's lots of, you know, lots of commentary about him being banged up and all the, the stuff that gets talked about, but um, that's not our view and it's not Dan's view and our medical staff have done the due diligence required to, to, to ascertain where that's at. And um, based on the fact we think Dan can contribute on field uh, and off field for the club across the next four plus years, um, he brings great experience, great training, great work ethic, um, great standards of performance. Um, he's a likable, fun character that we think will fit well within our group, uh, help our leadership and help our performance. So it's a, it's a pretty good combination. I think there's only three players in the competition who finished top six and the best and fairest three times. And I think that's him, Selwood and Dangerfield, and he's the younger of the three. So we think he brings great performance possibilities. In the Brownlow. Uh, in the Brownlow, yeah. what did I say? In the best and fairest. There you go, Brownlow. Um, and we think he brings a great combination of all that for the group. So what's the process from here in getting that deal done? Is that just back and forth with the Swans on what a player like that costs? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's two things. There's getting a a deal done with Dan and his management that he's happy to come to the club under. And then there's, that's conditional on getting a deal done with the Swans. And um, yeah, we've got five, four weeks to work that out across the trade period, which starts, you know, early to mid October. And that'll take some time to, to find the right um, assets and right deal that the Swans are content and that we're content with it too. So there's, as I say, he's, he's contracted to the Swans. So we need to get a deal done for him to come. Um, obviously, a lot of speculation across um, across the league with lots of different players, two being two of ours, Jack Loney and Tom Hickey, about speaking to other clubs, being potentially looking for a trade. Did you want to touch on Jack and Tom? Yeah, we again, I mean, lots of our players get talked about. We don't necessarily know all the detail that the media put to uh, put to print, but um, there's, I think, been interest in Jack from some clubs. So we're here. We don't necessarily know the detail of that, but... Uh, we're negotiating with uh, Jack's management now for a renewal of his uh, arrangements here with us, so we want him to stay. Uh, and he's determining whether he wants to accept that deal or not. Um, and there's been some coverage of Tom as well. Um, and he's within his rights to look at what options are out there, but he's contracted as well. So, um, again, we just deal with management and, and wait to see what interest there might be and assess that when and if it comes. So it's the last week of finals this week and final week. We'll touch on that in a second. So we're nearly at designated off-season. What does that time look like for the football department at the Saints? Uh, well, I reckon we're sort of ahead of the uh, – we're, we're well-placed so far as having settled our coaching structures with um, Scrobelak and Bachelor coming to the club in development coach roles and Laid and Ratton coming as senior assistant coaches for us. So we're, we're pretty settled in that regard. Um, we're just investing in a new – um, system and software that runs our football program from high performance to list management, which is exciting with um, a company called Empiric, which will be a great leap forward, I think, for how we run our program. Um, we've identified that we probably lacked um, some real grunt and analytical smarts that needs to be there for us to go to the next level in how we 
analyze our recruiting, how we analyze our game plan, match day, and how we utilize all our data. So we've been fortunate to acquire um, Darren O'Shaughnessy, who's been at the Hawks for seven years now. He's a really well-respected data analyst um, who we think will make a great impact on our program. So he'll start middle of October, which is a great coup for the club, I reckon, to get a guy of his quality. Um, so we're well-established in the people we're looking to um, fill areas that I think needed to be improved. And we've got probably a couple more announcements to come in the next few months relating to some other areas, including our leadership program and potentially someone to to heat up how that looks under a different sort of model. So we'll have some more um, some more places to fill that will be announced in the weeks ahead, but we're, we're really well organised in that regard. And so given we've got those structures and people set up, we're now in the planning process for next year to um, – to have Laid and Ratten start soon and have their review of our game plan and style and what they think suits us with the stock we've got. Um, you know, our list management stuff is busy and so is our recruiting plans for the draft. Um, so there's plenty happening and it's uh, not it's busy, almost the busiest two months for the football department when the players aren't here. Looping back to Darren's appointment just quickly, how different will that be to how we've approached analysis during your time here at the Saints? Um, well, it would just be a, a really senior person um, immersed in the football program that um, has really strong skill sets in ingesting the data we get from Champion and our GPS and our recruiting and everything else that we get and actually formulating how we better better utilise and get greater insights from that information. He's a pretty skilled and well-regarded you know, stats and data analyst Um who speaks you know around the world at various conferences about that, and he's he's got great skills and ability to write his own programs to to suit the information you want and to have better insights into what you do with it. So he'll just make us a much smarter program because he's experienced and has great knowledge in that area. And he's been doing great work at the Hawks in that space under David Rath and others over the years in a pretty successful program. So yeah, he'll be uh, a great addition to the club. As I said, it is grand final week this week. I'm sure you are aware. I am. Will you be heading down on Saturday? I will head there on Saturday with a bag full of dare I coffees just to sit in the crowd and watch that with my wife. Should be good fun. What do um, what do we take away from this final series? I know Richo's taken a few boys, Josh Battle, Brandon White, to go and have a look at what's essentially the best talent of the year. Is that the main thing for us that we have these incredible players and games on show that our boys can learn from? Yeah, Richo and Jake Batchelor took some players this week and the weeks before uh, just to, I guess, a couple of things. One, to make it pretty clear that this is the environment in which you want to be playing, not sitting there watching, and that's what it's all about. Uh, and also just to analyse the game from a um, from the crowd and watch certain players. I mean, Jake took a few of the defenders along on the weekend to watch how some of his ex-Richmond teammates go about it, and that was really beneficial. And, and otherwise, it's just been good for Richo to take some of the younger players along to... You know, Hunter Clark and Brandon White and I think Ben Patton might have gone along as well just to show us what it's all about and, and just look at the intensity required and the um, the contest required to win. And there's been some pretty strong examples the last few weeks about just how hard it is to win finals footy and the output and the, um, the effort levels required. So I think it's been a good exercise for them. Okay, left is now to wrap up this episode of the Drink It Through podcast. I'm going to throw some rapid fire Grand final week questions at you. Go for it. I've got three. Right. First, who's going to win the Brownlow? Tom Mitchell, easily. Easily? Who's going to win the Norm Smith? Um, Liam Ryan. 
and who is going to win the flag? Based on Liam Ryan winning the Norm Smith, kicking enough goals, I reckon West Coast. But Stranger things have happened. The Pies are pretty good. They'll be hard to beat the Pies, but I just reckon that if uh, with that forward line of Darling, Kennedy, Ryan, Rioli, Lacroix, and someone else floating it's it out, it's pretty hard work. So uh, got a great deal of admiration for the Pies, though, and Jeff Walsh and uh, Nathan Buckley and Eddie Maguire and, and Mark Anderson, what they've done. It's a phenomenal effort. And Peter Murphy and the work he did across the off-season. So... Um, wouldn't surprise me at all if the Pies can win because they've been super impressive, but I think West Coast might just be a bit too slick. Well, Lethers, enjoy Saturday. Maybe take your poncho. I think it's going to rain. Yeah, right. I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. so get ready. Don't do your hair too, too no, tightly. No, yeah. I won't. I'll spend less time than normal. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks for coming on the show. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Dare Ice Coffee Drink It Through podcast. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or visit saints.com.au for more news.